1: So welcome back to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We're so glad you're with us. I'm Joel Grote.
2: And I'm Lynn Wilder. And we have a guest with us today. We do. We like
1: it so much when it's not just the two of us. So (laughs) today we have Taylor. Are you
2: getting bored with me? (laughs) I am not. Never,
1: Lynn. Would not happen. Um, Taylor
2: Logsdon. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Taylor. I met you maybe a year ago, about. Yeah, Taylor has an interesting story uh, into performance-based religion and then Back out a relationship <laughs> with Jesus. Yeah. All right. So, so tell us about your early
3: years. Did
2: yeah. you...
1: What was your spiritual background, spiritual yeah. history?
3: Sure. So um, I did not um, necessarily grow up in church. Um, my mom told me that maybe when I was one or two, we went to church a few times for Easter, for Christmas. Yep. But I, I don't remember um, going to church on a regular basis or hearing about Christ. Um, fortunately, whenever I was a teenager, I did go to church a few times with my friends, mostly because their parents forced us to go to church. Um, so I did hear a little bit about Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross then at that point. Um, but that uh, that didn't really affect me. Mm-hmm. I uh, continued to live a life of sin. I drank, I smoked, I partied. Um, I was actually in juvenile a few times. I and did not know that. I used yeah, to teach in
2: juvenile. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> so, yeah, now, I was that good. Uh, and not an untypical story right. for mid-America, unfortunately. Yes. But anyway, all that changed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, so um, I was, you know, just continue to live that life of sin. And in that, my junior year of high school, I met a boy and (laughs) we were dating on and off for about four years. Okay. And so um, my junior year of college, I actually ended up pregnant. And um, this is kind of where the story gets interesting. Um, When my son was six months old, uh, his father left us. And yeah, wow. so oh, that was hard. Yeah, that's
1: sorry. I have four daughters. Um, oldest is 30, youngest is 21, two are married. I have nine grandkids. So I'm sorry. That's just okay. Anyway, go ahead with your story. <laughs> I'm just like,
3: <sighs> yeah, so he left, and um, so here I am, this young single mom. I was a 21 years old, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and um, I had. A new home. I had this infant. I had a job. I was in college, and at that Whoa. point, yeah, I felt like I had nobody to turn to for help, mm. and so um, all of you know those few moments that I had of learning the gospel, I called out to to God and I asked for His help, and yeah. I yeah I remember um, I was kneeling on my bed. Um, just calling out to him. I don't remember my exact words. I was just weeping and just asking him for help. And it was as if he entered the room. I remember this peace just completely washed over me. And it was as if he took every burden from me. And I remember in the midst of crying, I started laughing. And it's like the Lord just (laughs) gave me his peace and his joy. And so I knew, okay, he heard me and he answered me. And somehow this is going to get better. Mm. So yeah. then, yeah, so then about, you know, we live in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I wish I could say, and then I lived happily yeah, ever after. Right, yeah. <laughs> but then, um, I would say it was about two days later, more of the missionaries came knocking on my door.
1: Oh, wow.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow, what timing. Wow. <laughs> yes. But I've heard that before. Actually, yeah. Actually, several yes. times. <laughs> Go ahead. Wow. Mm-hmm. I thought this was like the only Oh, oh no.
1: Or. Or I've heard similar stories where it was the Jehovah's Witnesses, where mm. someone has this real personal encounter, God has right. shown up, restored their hope, and then Jehovah's Witnesses come then by and knock on the door. immediately a
2: false faith comes along behind, exactly like happened in, in the New Testament with Paul coming in, bringing the gospel yeah. right behind him. So, yeah.
1: Mormon missionaries, yeah. how do you did they knock on your door did they come by They your knocked house?
3: on my door, and actually, um, a few weeks before this event, they had knocked on my door. Um, but my boyfriend was still living there. Okay. <laughs> and he wouldn't let them in. All right. And so, um and I actually thought that they were just like the Amish people. I didn't know much about Mormonism. Right.
1: Yeah. Um so
3: Yeah, so I actually I found out later from the missionaries that a couple weeks prior to them coming the second time, um, that they had been praying that uh my boyfriend would leave and two weeks later he did leave us. So
1: Wow. It's interesting. Mhm. It yeah. is
3: so they came to my door and um of course i couldn't let them in because um they're two guys and they have a rule against that right um, but yeah and so i remember you know they shared a little bit about their church and i remember thinking uh maybe they're this is just like a christian church mm-hmm. i didn't you know i didn't know much i did think they were really cute and I was only a few <laughs> years older. Yes. <laughs> so that, you know, definitely had an impact on whether I would listen to them or not.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, we had we've had whole podcast stories with that was like the main catalyst was just that physical social emotional attraction and they they know what they're doing, dressing them sharp and teaching them to be polite and kind. So, right. yeah. Absolutely
3: yeah so they started teaching me and um you know i remember them teaching me about the true restored church of jesus christ and um like i said i had heard about jesus but i didn't really know the bible Um, so i thought you know this sounds similar this sounds true Mm -hmm. sounds right yeah and i remember every time they came and taught me that i just had this feeling of of happiness and you know they made me feel really good they made me feel like I belonged and I was a part of a family right mm. so how did they
1: work out being able to teach you as a single woman did they like bring a sister with them or how did that work
3: um yeah so they would bring a member from the church or another missionary okay female or male
1: okay yeah
3: so let me so go back to that experience where
2: peace washed over you mm-hmm. when the missionaries were in your apartment was that a similar kind of experience
3: Feeling, I would say that it is similar. Um, it was similar, but the difference was with that. Maybe you could say false feeling of peace. I always felt like something was off, but I could never. I, I feel like I didn't have enough knowledge mm-hmm. to be able to be able to identify what that was that was off.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: If that yeah. makes sense. So, oh no, ab-
1: it does absolutely yeah. because. Um, The reason counterfeits work is because they're so close to the real thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. So the first time I went to the Mormon temple... I had the worst migraine, and I never get migraines, right? And yet, I didn't see that as kind of this warning signal. As a disconfirmation, that things <laughs> might have been a little off, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. So you're experiencing maybe the spirit of the living God giving you some signals, but you're not recognizing them exactly. At this point. Yeah. Yes,
3: yeah. Because I think even when I had that experience that night in my room. I knew that it was God, but I wouldn't be able to verbally say, oh, that was the Holy Spirit or, right. you know, that was the presence of the living God. I didn't really have language or knowledge to fully understand that. Right. right. So.
1: And there is a lot of really positive, affirming feelings that come from people who care about you, who pay attention to you, and who are offering to provide community.
3: Absolutely. And I think at that point in my life... Um, I felt completely broken, completely isolated and abandoned. And like, I didn't have family and I didn't have community. And so I do agree. I think that may have been a part of it. You know, you have these good looking guys and, you know, they're, they're being kind. They're mowing my grass. They're asking me how they can pray for me. Yep. And it was just, you know, really, I felt good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So where were your parents then in all this?
3: Well, it was living on my own. And so um, my parents didn't really have much say in in my choices. Okay. Um, After I converted, I did tell them, and they thought it was a little weird. But they came to my baptism anyway. And, you know, they're not super religious, they don't really have any strong standards or morals. So they didn't really care. Okay. I'm just thinking, as a
1: dad, it's like, you know, on your own, it's like, but anyway. If you don't have a super close relationship with your parents, and then yeah, you're like really alone. Okay, so keep going with your story.
3: <laughs> yeah, so um, they continue to teach me. Um, they would come every week and share more teachings with me. Um, about baptism, about repentance, about believing in the atonement of Christ. And all of those sound really Christian, so Mm -hmm. I said, okay, sure. Um, Then they started sharing more about the prophets and about how, you know, this is the restored church, um, the living church of Christ on the earth, and um, how we can live with our families forever. And, you know, all of Mm -hmm. these doctrines, again, they sounded so good, and I didn't really know, so I'm like, okay. Um, And it was about four months Um, I actually, I remember the the missionaries kept pressuring me and pressuring me to get baptized and, um, you know, I kept telling them I wasn't sure. And I would think about it. I said, it took you guys eight years. You can give me a few months. (laughs) (laughs) And so at the four month mark, I finally decided to get baptized. And, um, before that, actually, I had a couple Christian friends that kept um, explaining to me the differences between Mormonism and Christianity. Really? Really? Yeah. and There aren't a lot of Christians that can do that, honestly. And so I'm so grateful that they did that. Um, But to me, there still wasn't, there weren't any huge differences. And the Mormon church had a couple things I would say that was greater better than the christian church um okay. they again they had the community and they they were willing to surround me and support me as a single mother that was huge
1: right I,
2: uh, yeah is there any story we haven't heard that from
1: i don't know that's such a common thread <laughs> I know. yeah it's, it's so sad. common yeah.
3: um and the second thing was they were steadfast you know they were consistent and meeting with me and my Christian friends, you know, it was kind of sporadic. And so I thought, you know, they really care about me since they're meeting with me every right. week. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, against all all of the wisdom and counsel that my few friends were giving me, I decided to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, I told myself, I justified it. And I, you know, I internally said, I'm making this decision for Christ and for Christ alone. Um, let alone, I, I had no clue the right. doctrine <laughs> that was about to be poured on me. <laughs> right.
1: I was yeah, going to say, at that's... that point, you know little about the doctrine, little about the history. Little, mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. I believe that it was pretty much a Christian church. And mm-hmm. so
1: and that's by yeah. intent. I mean, that is the whole intent of the missionary lessons. And yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I, I joined the church and I remember... Um, the first few months after I joined, I would say it was like the honeymoon phase. Um, I was like on cloud nine again—that feeling of happiness and just right. so excited. And
1: people who welcome you to church every Sunday, yes. who <laughs> offer to help you out, who come visit you at your house. Have you
3: for dinner. Did anybody
1: bring yes. you cookies?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many. <laughs> they bought us Christmas gifts, um, birthday gifts. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, so kind to my son. Yeah. Um, he was around. Who's how
1: old is he at this point?
3: Um, so when we left, well, he was sorry. When we started, he was about a year old. Okay. When I got baptized, yeah. And so yeah, it was it was great. Um, but you know, then I started studying the scriptures more. Okay. Um, and we would study the Book of Mormon and the Bible every night. And I have to be honest. I so was who's we? My son and I. Okay. Yeah. And. I know that the Latter-day Saints are big about uh, the Book of Mormon, and the Bible is kind of, um, it has errors, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I have to be honest, I, I always trusted the Bible more than the Book of Mormon, just because, you know, billions, millions of people use the Bible, and right. so... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes, Yes, yes. Yeah. And so, um, so every night we'd read the Bible and the Book of Mormon, but I, I would always instinctively trust the Bible more. Mm-hmm. And so I started studying... Um, You could say the red letters or the words of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, I noticed that as I read those words, that they contradicted the teachings of the church. And so this really started
1: (laughs) to unravel. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So
2: possibly that moment when you felt that peace, when you cried out to God and felt that peace, the Holy Spirit indwelt you. Do you think at that point, and so when you were in Mormonism, started
3: working with you and teaching you and opening your
2: eyes? Absolutely,
3: yes. I do believe that that day that the Holy Spirit, you could say I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, I really, slowly but surely, he was opening my eyes to truth and to life, And drawing you, and drawing you to the word,
1: because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit draws us to the word that he's inspired. Right. The
3: word,
2: Jesus himself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so when when you're approached by the Mormon Church, you have really nothing to lose by moving toward this community. I mean, you're in need. Now that you're starting to see some things, you're reading in the Bible, things are starting to contradict, things are starting to unravel a little bit, but now you've got a lot to lose. You've got this community, these people have supported you, you've made a commitment to them, they've been there for you, gifts, all that. You're, there's a sense of obligation, and I think that's on purpose. The Mormon Church knows mm-hmm. what it's doing. It knows the more social emotional ties it can make to people, the harder it is for them to leave, even if they start do having doubts. So, so what do you do with that? How is that? How does that play out then in your newfound Mormon faith and what you're finding in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What starts to happen? That
2: was a long question. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. So. Um... Yeah, as I started studying the Bible more and more and seeing that the words of Jesus, one in particular I want to point out is Matthew 22, which talks about how in the resurrection no one will be married or given in marriage and how we'll all be like the angels of of God. Mm -hmm. And so I remember reading that and thinking, wow, like, I thought we were going to be married eternally. And not only that, me, a single woman, I thought I had to be married to be exalted to the celestial kingdom, which was a really hard thing for me. To even have eternal life. Exactly. Yes. And so um, you're right. I absolutely did not want to lose this community. I love, I loved and still love still love Mm -hmm. um my mormon community which was my mormon family at the time the missionaries were my best friends and i remember as these um contradictions and these questions started to arise and these doubts i would go to the missionaries and i would go to my friends in the mormon church and i would say can you please help me with this right Um, so yeah it was like god was pulling me but i was still trying to cling to The more to the Mormon faith and to the Book of Mormon, I was really trying to get a testimony of the Book of Mormon. I even went to Palmyra, New York, where Joseph Smith lived.
1: Did you really? I was trying trying, to go to the
3: grove. I did, and it was still like I, you know, felt a sense of peace. And I'm like, well, maybe. Maybe this is the truth. But I still, no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't yeah. get that testimony of the Book of Mormon. At
2: least not the experience you'd had previously Correct. when the Lord just rocked yeah. your world with peace. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
3: absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. So was there any defining moment where you kind of went, oh man, as much as I would love reasons to stay, was there anything that tipped the scales?
3: Yeah, there definitely was. So... Again, I was praying night, every night, every day, asking the Lord to reveal his truth to me. And I was so frustrated. And not only that, but I would say I was so exhausted from working so hard and striving to be the perfect Mormon. You yeah. know, I served in the church. Um, pretty, pretty much every day of the week. Um, I started listening to Mormon music, dressing like a Mormon. I wanted to get the garments. I wanted to be the perfect Mormon. I even started um, going to the temple and doing works for the dead, you know, baptizing Mm -hmm. the dead, things like that. Um, But yeah, so I was just so exhausted and just so frustrated. I feel like the Lord was not answering me that I just slowly started Leaving the church, um, I stopped going to the meetings every Sunday. I stopped doing works in the temple, and I started going back to my old sinful ways: drinking, smoking, dating. Those are my go-to's.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: um, in the midst of that, I started dating a Baptist preacher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait! How funny is wait, wait. that? The saying oh, is: <laughs> 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 the saying is, "Good Baptist." Don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, and they don't go with girls who do. Well, so you found an anomaly. Anyway, I'm glad. I'm not sure
3: he knew. Okay, which
1: well, he didn't know your other.
3: But he knew that I was a Mormon, and okay. he said, "I I believe that you're not fully a Mormon, and I am determined to convert you." Hey. So yeah. Bold
1: and front. Okay.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Well, and
1: if, I mean, was he a believer? Is this somebody you're still in relationship with? No. Okay. No,
3: I want to. It didn't go that far, but okay. he presented the gospel to me. So.
1: Okay. Cool.
3: Yeah. The through Lord. the
2: scripture, he opened the scripture. Yes.
3: Yeah. So, we were actually on a phone call one night, and I remember I'm going to read a few of the scriptures that he led me through. Sure. Oh. And then he asked me a question. So here are a few of them. Romans 3:23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I thought, surely, I, no, I didn't come short. I've, I've done great,
1: right? <laughs>
3: um, Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans six twenty three, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then this one, find it here. This one really hit hard. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And as he read these to me, he, then he asked me a question. He said, Okay, Taylor, if Jesus is standing at the door of heaven and he's, he asked you, Why should I let you in? what will you say? And I remember my immediate response was to be a religious zealot. And I was like, I have all the answers. But it was like the Lord silenced me. I could not speak, I was dumbfounded. And I remember thinking of all my answers, they all started with I. Mm -hmm. Either I was baptized or I kept the commandments or I said that, you know, prayer, I did the works in the temple. And then he said to me, Taylor, it's not you. You don't get yourself into heaven. It's Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. He's the one that gets you into heaven. It's his work, not yours. And so as he said that, I, it's like part of me, again, you know, the Holy Spirit was there. I knew it was the truth, mm-hmm. but I was still pushing against it. Because like you said, I didn't want to give up this new lifestyle. I didn't want to give up my family, mm. my new family. And most of all, I had worked really hard to gain salvation. Right. (laughs) I didn't want to give that up. Yeah. And so that was really hard. And then a few nights later, we were at Starbucks.
1: And that's all we have time for of Taylor's story for this week. But join us next week as we find out what happens at Starbucks, what happens to her relationship with this Baptist pastor, and how she works through an incredible personal tragedy with God's help later in her life. And now, let's return to Taylor's conclusion of this week's episode. So what would you say to the person who's in the Mormon church, who's maybe started to see, okay, this isn't right, but they have that same fear you did. If I walk away, I lose everything of value. What would you say to them now that you've done that, and that was your own fear?
3: First of all, I would say that that's not a new fear. Um, when we look at all of the disciples of Jesus Christ, they all have that fear. Um, yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, Paul said that he counted everything at lo- as loss to follow Christ and to have eternal life and to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, and so, I mean, that's what I would say. I mean, Jesus himself said that if you're not willing to lose your mother and your father and your brothers and your sister and everything you have in this life, then you're not fit to be my disciple. And so as disciples of Jesus, whether we're Mormons prior or whether we're Muslims or whether we're of atheist or agnostic or whatever, we have to we have to lose everything because that's what Jesus has called us to do. So I would say even if you're a Christian listening, you're called to lose everything for the sake of Christ in order to gain eternal life and to know him personally.
1: And is Jesus enough?
3: (laughs) He absolutely is. (laughs) Yes.
1: And that is so clear from your story and from your testimony and from just what radiates from you. And I I just want people to hear that from you because so many people think, well, you don't know what I have to lose. Well, actually, I think, Taylor, you do understand. And you've been there. You've taken the step. And it's worth it all. Yes. Um, Jesus Jesus is 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 worth. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I like that motto. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. And you said you got to see Adams Road the I other did. Night. It was great. Oh, yes. So I'm cool. Sky, well, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah. Let me yes. Yes. Thank you. It's so it's so yeah. Good.
1: Thanks wow. for being with us, Taylor. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And um, to those of you who are listening, if you want to get in contact with Lynn or I, you can do that via unveilinggracepodcast.com want to get in contact with Taylor, you can do that through Lynn or I. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure where you are in terms of giving contact information. You don't have to, but if somebody has a question for you, they can do that through us. Yeah, get a hold of Lynn. Mm -hmm. And um, just so you know, this and all of our episodes are available on the podcast website, unveilinggracepodcast.com. They're also available on iTunes and you can subscribe and get them all for free. Um, We've got show notes and transcripts and so any of the ver- all the verses you cited, we'll make sure those are in the show notes for people so they can yes. reference those. Um, so they have those because that was great. And we thank you for being a part of our podcast. And thank you, Taylor, for being with us and for encouraging our hearts. Very cool.
2: Grace and peace. Until next time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you,
0: thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast.